Chapters 15 to 35 of Book 9 of History of Animals by Aristotle. Translated by Darcy Wentworth Thompson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. 15. The hoopoe usually constructs its nest out of human excrement. It changes its appearance in summer and in winter, as in fact do the great majority of wild birds. The titmouse is said to lay a very large quantity of eggs. Next to the ostrich, the black-headed tit is said by some to lay the largest number of eggs. Seventeen eggs have been seen. It lays, however, more than twenty. It is said always to lay an odd number. Like others we have mentioned, it builds in trees. It feeds on caterpillars. A peculiarity of this bird, and of the nightingale, is that the outer extremity of the tongue is not sharp-pointed. The Agethus finds its food with ease, has many young and walks with a limp. The golden oriole is apt at learning, is clever at making a living, but is awkward in flight and has an ugly plumage. 16. The reed warbler makes its living as easily as any other bird. Sits in summer in a shady spot facing the wind. In winter in a sunny and sheltered place among reeds in a marsh. It is small in size with a pleasant note. The so-called chatterer has a pleasant note. Beautiful plumage makes a living cleverly and is graceful in form. It appears to be alien to our country. At all events, it is seldom seen at a distance from its own immediate home. 17. The crake is quarrelsome, clever at making a living, but in other ways an unlucky bird. The bird, called Sita, is quarrelsome, but clever and tidy, makes its living with ease, and for its knowingness is regarded as uncanny. It has a numerous brood, of which it is fond and lives by picking the bark of trees. The Igolius owl flies by night, is seldom seen by day. Like others we have mentioned, it lives on cliffs or in caverns. It feeds on two kinds of food. It has a strong hold on life, and is full of resource. The tree-creeper is a little bird of fearless disposition. It lives among trees, feeds on caterpillars, makes a living with ease, and has a loud, clear note. The acanthus finds its food with difficulty. Its plumage is poor, but its note is musical. 18. Of the herons, the ashen-colored one, as has been said, unites with the female, not without pain. It is full of resource, carries its food with it, is eager in the quest of it, and works by day. Its plumage is poor, and its excrement is always wet. Of the other two species, for there are three in all, the white heron has handsome plumage, unites without harm to itself with the female, builds a nest, and lays its eggs neatly in trees. It frequents marshes and lakes and plains and meadow land. The speckled heron, which is nicknamed the skulker, is said in folklore stories to be of servile origin, and, 
as its nickname implies, it is the laziest bird of the three species. Such are the habits of herons. The bird that is called the poinx has this peculiarity, that it is more prone than any other bird to peck at the eyes of an assailant or its prey. It is at war with the harpy, as the two birds live on the same food. 19. There are two kinds of ousels. The one is black and is found everywhere. The other is quite white, about the same size as the other and with the same pipe. This latter is found on Calene in Arcadia and is found nowhere else. The Elias, or blue thrush, is like the black ousel, only a little smaller. It lives on cliffs or on tile roofings. It has not a red beak, as the black ousel has. 20. Of thrushes there are three species. One is the missile thrush. It feeds only on mistletoe and resin. It is about the size of the jay. A second kind is the song thrush. It has a sharp pipe and is about the size of the ousel. There is another species called the illus. It is the smallest species of the three and is less variegated in plumage than the others. 21. There is a bird that lives on rocks called the bluebird from its color. It is comparatively common in Nisurus and is somewhat less than the ousel and a little bigger than the chaffinch. It has large claws and climbs on the face of the rocks. It is steel blue all over. Its beak is long and slender. Its legs are short, like those of the woodpecker. 22. The oriole is yellow all over. It is not visible during winter, but puts in an appearance about the time of the summer solstice, and departs again at the rising of Arcturus. It is the size of the turtle dove. The so-called soft head, or shrank, always settles on one and the same branch, where it falls a prey to the bird-catcher. Its head is big and composed of grizzle. It is a little smaller than the thrush. Its beak is strong, small, and round. It is ashen-colored all over, is fleet of foot, but slow of wing. The bird-catcher usually catches it by help of the owl. 23. There is also the pardalus. As a rule, it is seen in flocks and not singly. It is ashen-colored all over, and about the size of the birds last described. It is fleet of foot and strong of wing, and its pipe is loud and high-pitched. The collyrian, or field fear, feeds on the same food as the ousel, is of the same size as the above-mentioned birds, and is trapped usually in the winter. All these birds are found at all times. Further, there are the birds that live as a rule in towns, the raven and the crow. These also are visible at all seasons, never shift their place of abode, and never go into winter quarters. 24. Of daws there are three species. One is the chuff. It is as large as the crow, but has a red beak. There is another called the wolf. And further, there is the little daw, called the railer. There is another kind of daw, found in Lydia and Phrygia, which is web-footed. 25. Of larks there are two kinds, 
one lives on the ground and has a crest on its hand the other is gregarious and not sporadic like the first it is however of the same colored plumage but is smaller and has no crest it is an article of human food twenty six the woodcock is caught with nets in gardens it is about the size of a barn-door hen it has a long beak and in plumage is like the franklin partridge it runs quickly and is pretty easily domesticated the starling is speckled it is of the same size as the ousel twenty seven of the egyptian ibis there are two kinds the white and the black the white ones are found all over egypt excepting in pelusium the black ones are found in Pelusium and nowhere else in Egypt. 28. Of the little horned owls there are two kinds, and one is visible at all seasons, and for that reason has the nickname of all the year-round owl. It is not sufficiently palatable to come to table. Another species makes its appearance sometimes in the autumn is seen for a single day or at the most for two days and is regarded as a table delicacy it scarcely differs from the first species save only in being fatter it has no note but the other species has with regard to their origin nothing is known from ocular observation the only fact known for certain is that they are first seen when a west wind is blowing 29. The cuckoo, as has been said elsewhere, makes no nest, but deposits its eggs in an alien nest, generally in the nest of the ring-dove, or on the ground in the nest of the hippolis, or lark, or on a tree in the nest of the green linnet. It lays only one egg, and does not hatch it itself but the mother-bird in whose nest it has deposited it hatches and rears it and as they say this mother-bird when the young cuckoo has grown big thrusts her own brood out of the nest and lets them perish others say that this mother-bird kills her own brood and gives them to the alien to devour despising her own young owing to the beauty of the cuckoo personal observers agree in telling most of these stories but are not in agreement as to the destruction of the young some say that the mother cuckoo comes and devours the brood of the rearing mother others say that the young cuckoo from its superior size snaps up the food brought before the smaller brood have a chance and that in consequence the smaller brood die of hunger others say that by its superior strength it actually kills the other ones whilst it is being reared up with them the cuckoo shows great sagacity in the disposal of its progeny the fact is the mother cuckoo is quite conscious of her own cowardice and of the fact that she could never help her young one in an emergency and so for the security of the young one she makes of him a supposititious child in an alien nest the truth is this bird is pre-eminent among birds in the way of cowardice it allows itself to be pecked at by little birds and flies away from their attacks thirty 
it has already been stated that the footless bird which some term the cupsolus resembles the swallow indeed it is not easy to distinguish between the two birds excepting in the fact that the cupsolus has feathers on the shank these birds rear their young in long cells made of mud and furnished with a hole just big enough for entry and exit they build under cover of some roofing under a rock or in a cavern for protection against animals and men the so-called goat-sucker lives on mountains it is a little larger than the ousel and less than the cuckoo it lays two eggs or three at the most and is of a sluggish disposition it flies up to the she-goat and sucks its milk from which habit it derives its name it is said that after it has sucked the teat of the animal the teat dries up and the animal goes blind it is dim-sighted in the daytime but sees well enough by night thirty one in narrow circumscribed districts where the food would be insufficient for more birds than two ravens are only found in isolated pairs when their young are old enough to fly the parent couple first eject them from the nest and by and by chase them from the neighborhood the raven lays four or five eggs about the time when the mercenaries under medeus were slaughtered at pharsalus the districts about athens and the peloponnese were left destitute of ravens from which it would appear that these birds have some means of intercommunicating with one another thirty two of eagles there are several species one of them called the white-tailed eagle is found on lowlands in groves and in the neighborhood of cities some call it the heron killer it is bold enough to fly to mountains and the interior of forests the other eagles seldom visit groves or low-lying lands there is another species called the plangus it ranks second in point of size and strength it lives in mountain combs and glens and by marshy lakes and goes by the name of duck killer and swart eagle it is mentioned by homer in his account of the visit made by priam to the tent of achilles there is another species with black plumage the smallest but boldest of all the kinds it dwells on mountains or in forests and is called the black eagle or the hare killer it is the only eagle that rears its young thoroughly and takes them out with it it is swift of flight is neat and tidy in its habits too proud for jealousy fearless quarrelsome it is also silent for it neither whimpers nor screams there is another species the percnopterus very large with white head very short wings long tail feathers in appearance like a vulture it goes by the name of mountain stork or half eagle it lives in groves has all the bad qualities of the other species and none of the good ones for it lets itself be chased and caught by the raven and the other birds it is clumsy in its movements has difficulty in procuring its food preys on dead animals is always hungry and at all times whining and screaming there is another species called the sea-eagle or osprey 
this bird has a large thick neck curved wings and broad tail feathers it lives near the sea grasps its prey with its talons and often from inability to carry it tumbles down into the water there is another species called the true-bred people say that these are the only true-bred birds to be found that all other birds eagles hawks and the smallest birds are all spoilt by the interbreeding of different species the true-bred eagle is the largest of all eagles it is larger than the fiend is half as large again as the ordinary eagle and has yellow plumage it is seldom seen as is the case with the so-called commendius the time for an eagle to be on the wing in search of prey is from midday to evening in the morning until the market hour it remains on the nest in old age the upper beak of the eagle grows gradually longer and more crooked and the bird dies eventually of starvation there is a folklore story that the eagle is thus punished because it once was a man and refused entertainment to a stranger the eagle puts aside its superfluous food for its young for owing to the difficulty in procuring food day by day it at times may come back to the nest with nothing if it catch a man prowling about in the neighborhood of its nest it will strike him with its wings and scratch him with its talons the nest is built not on low ground but on an elevated spot generally on an inaccessible ledge of a cliff it does however build upon a tree the young are fed until they can fly hereupon the parent birds topple them out of the nest and chase them completely out of the locality the fact is that a pair of eagles demands an extensive space for its maintenance and consequently cannot allow other birds to quarter themselves in close neighborhood they do not hunt in the vicinity of their nest but go to a great distance to find their prey when the eagle has captured a beast it puts it down without attempting to carry it off at once if on trial it finds the burden too heavy it will leave it when it has spied a hare it does not swoop on it at once but lets it go on into the open ground neither does it descend to the ground at one swoop but goes gradually down from higher flights to lower and lower these devices it adopts by way of security against the stratagem of the hunter it alights on high places by reason of the difficulty it experiences in soaring up from the level ground it flies high in the air to have the more extensive view from its high flight it is said to be the only bird that resembles the gods birds of prey as a rule seldom alight upon rock as the crookedness of their talons prevents a stable footing on hard stone the eagle hunts hares fawns foxes and in general all such animals as he can master with ease it is a long-lived bird and this fact might be inferred from the length of time during which the same nest is maintained in its place thirty three in scythia there is found a bird as large as the great bustard the female lays two eggs but does not hatch them but hides them in the skin of a hare or fox and leaves them there 
and when it is not in quest of prey it keeps a watch on them on a high tree if any man tries to climb the tree it fights and strikes him with its wing just as eagles do thirty four the owl and the night raven and all the birds that see poorly in the daytime seek their prey in the night but not all the night through but at evening and dawn their food consists of mice lizards chafers and the like little creatures the so-called fiend or lammergeier is fond of its young provides its food with ease fetches food to its nest and is of a kindly disposition it rears its own young and those of the eagle as well for when the eagle ejects its young from the nest this bird catches them up as they fall and feeds them for the eagle by the way ejects the young birds prematurely before they are able to feed themselves or to fly it appears to do so from jealousy for it is by nature jealous and is so ravenous as to grab furiously at its food and when it does grab at its food it grabs it in large morsels it is accordingly jealous of the young birds as they approach maturity since they are getting good appetites and so it scratches them with its talons the young birds fight also with one another to secure a morsel of food or a comfortable position whereupon the mother bird beats them and ejects them from the nest the young ones scream at this treatment and the fiend hearing them catches them as they fall the fiend has a film over its eyes and sees badly but the sea eagle is very keen-sighted and before its young are fledged tries to make them stare at the sun and beats the one that refuses to do so and twists him back in the sun's direction and if one of them gets watery eyes in the process it kills him and rears the other it lives near the sea and feeds as has been said on sea birds when in pursuit of them it catches them one by one watching the moment when the bird rises to the surface from its dive when a sea bird emerging from the water sees the sea eagle he in terror dives under intending to rise again elsewhere the eagle however owing to its keenness of vision keeps flying after him until he either drowns the bird or catches him on the surface the eagle never attacks these birds when they are in a swarm for they keep him off by raising a shower of water drops with their wings thirty five the kepfus is caught by means of sea foam the bird snaps at the foam and consequently fishermen catch it by sluicing with showers of sea water these birds grow to be plump and fat their flesh has a good odor excepting the hinder quarters which smell of shoreweed End of chapter thirty five